These lion dogs guard one of the most beautiful temples in all of Asia. As you can tell, they're absolutely monstrous. I can't wait to take you inside and show you all the beauty. Matter of fact, inside, you're going to see a pagoda that I'm told has 50 tons of gold. That's right, 50 tons of gold plating on it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Just wait. It seems like Buddhism is, is almost the national religion of the entire country. It is, and it's quite defended uh, here as the predominant religion. But not everyone is a Buddhist. There are a number of Christians here. And you know, Jim, our, our person we're going to meet today has been a Christian almost all of his life. He comes from the south coast area of this country and there in his area they speak the Karen language and so I think you'll notice as we interview him today that uh, he uh, has a difficulty expressing himself but uh, that's okay we're still going to hear a wonderful story. You know, we don't have a translator with us in the Karen language what are we going to do? Well he's going to speak Burmese and uh, we do have a Burmese translator, but we, this person who's translating says that he has to speak very simple Burmese in order for him to be able to understand it. Do we know much of his story? I know because I was sent an email back in our office at headquarters in Washington, uh, the story of how he asked for a contact from Adventist World Radio studio headquarters here in Myanmar. And uh, he had, well, that's getting ahead of the story, but- uh, well, Tell me a little more though, what's, what's kind of the whole- His story, story is that uh, he was a Christian, but somehow he was challenged by learning about the Sabbath message. At first he resisted it, he didn't want to hear about that because he thought his faith and keeping Sunday and all the things that he had believed were absolute truth. But the more he listened, and this is where the reality came in, he was listening to the Voice of Hope programs, the more he and his son and his, uh, his uh, son-in-laws were listening to the Adventist World Radio program, he became convinced that you couldn't argue with it, that this was in the scriptures, and he had to make a decision. All right, well, Ben, I'd like to look around the, uh, the temple here some more, and then we can go find our listener. Yes, let's do Sounds that. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Legend has it that the Shvendigon Pagoda is 2,500 years old. However, archaeologists believe the stupa was actually built sometime between the 6th and the 10th century. But this is a controversial issue. According to the records by Buddhist monks, it was built before Lord Buddha died in 486 BC. The story of the pagoda begins with two merchant brothers, Tapusa and Balika, 
the brothers met Lord Buddha and received eight of the Buddha's hairs to be enshrined in Burma. The brothers made their way to Burma and with the help of the local king, found Singutra Hill, where relics of other Buddhists had been enshrined. When the hairs were taken from their golden casket to be enshrined, some incredible things happened. There was a tumult among men and spirits. Rays emitted by the hairs penetrated up to the heavens above and down to hell. The blind beheld objects, the deaf heard sounds, the dumb spoke distinctly. The earth quaked, the winds of the oceans blew, Mount Mura shook, lightning flashed, gems rained down until they were knee deep. All the trees of the Himalayas, though not in season, bore blossoms and fruit. Quite the legend for this impressive pagoda. Uta Ni, that's your name, is it? So let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your spiritual life from the time you were young. When I was 17, I was baptized into a Sunday keeping church. Then I attended the seminary. When I was in the seminary, I met a young woman, fell in love, and got married. At that time, my wife had finished three years of college, and I had only finished one year. We got married after one year of school. Now, how were you baptized? I ask that because I understand you became a member of the Baptist faith. I was a traditional Christian. At that time, my parents were in the church. So you were baptized by immersion, according to what the Bible said. As you can see, AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Not only do we broadcast via shortwave radio, but our signal is on over 1,000 FM and AM stations around the world as well. Our podcast subscribers, internet users, satellite downlinks are growing rapidly, evidenced by the 100,000 plus emails, letters, and phone calls we receive each and every year. Yes, AWR is your mission radio. No walls and no borders. For AWR, that means change lives and change hearts around the world because God is using the airwaves of AWR to reach people everywhere. Through the radio waves of AWR, God is reaching people around the world. We'd like to offer you an edition of Making Waves, it's four of our episodes brought to you from around the world. God speaking to hearts, the hearts of the listeners of AWR, exciting stories. We hope that you'll share those with friends and neighbors, acquaintances, anyone you come in contact with. Join us to make waves. It's completely free. Right now, the information's on your screen. For your free, no obligation DVD, write to Adventist World Radio, 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20904. 
or call 1-866-503-3531 or log on to www.awr.org slash mwdvd. Be sure to request offer number 10. That number again is 1-866-503-3531. So, uh, you went to seminary, were you planning to be a pastor? Yes, that's right. After you finished and you married your wife, what happened uh, after that? I became an elder in the church. And you were out trying to um, bring people to Jesus Christ? You were witnessing? Yes. What was it that you felt was important to you about your Baptist faith? At that time, the teachings of Christ were most important to me. But something happened along the way that uh, kind of upset you, that, that disturbed you. What was that? I was the second church elder, and the first church elder was not leading a very good life, so I expelled him. So then there was a problem between the first elder and myself. It's called the mother of all pagodas, Shvendagan Pagoda. In 585, there were two brothers who went to India. They were merchants. When they were in India, they actually met Buddha. Buddha gave them relics of his hair. They came back here, and on the way, they built pagodas. They came to this place, and this is where we have this massive pagoda now that's over 300 feet tall. It wasn't always 300 feet but successive kings continued to increase the height of it. It's covered with gold, and the level of the gold continues to drop because more and more people buy gold to put on it, free of charge. They simply go out from gold merchants and buy the gold and come here and put it on it. Another interesting fact is there's apparently a tunnel that goes from here all the way to Mandalay. Mandalay is 600 kilometers away. Now they've lost, I guess, the, the entrance to it. They can't find it anymore, but we're told this is absolute fact that it went to the, the city and the ruler's kingdom up there in Mandalay. This place to the eye is absolutely stunning. Well, it's just phenomenal. That's all I can say. I can't think of enough adjectives. Somerset Mom wrote about it. Um, Justice Douglas, the United States Supreme Court wrote about it. Many others, when they came here, they were simply in awe over this pagoda. Visitors must remove their shoes before the first step at any of the entrances. Burmese walk around the stupa clockwise. The day of the week a person is born will determine their planetary post. Each are marked by animals that represent the day. Galan, Garuda, for Sunday. Tiger for Monday. Lion for Tuesday, Tusk Elephant for Wednesday AM, Tuskless Elephant for Wednesday PM, Mouse for Thursday, 
guinea pig for Friday, and Naga, or the mythical dragon serpent, for Saturday. What these people behind me are doing is they've found the station that matches their birthday. In other words, if they were born on Sunday, they will be at a particular station, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But there's eight stations. I thought, well, how can this be? There's only seven days of the week. But no, in the Mayan calendar, there's actually eight days. They break up Wednesday into two days. Now, what are these people doing? They're offering holy water to Buddha. They pour water on one side for Buddha, then for themselves, then for the father, the mother, the family, and then another one down below to, it could be a, an elephant or another animal, depending on the day of the week, and another one to Buddha. It's quite a serious service for these people. At the base of the post behind the image is a guardian angel, and underneath the image can be seen the animal representing the day. The base of the stupa is octagonal and also surrounded by small shrines, eight in number for each day of the week. Now you have how many children? I have six children. Six children. And one of your sons went away to find work. Where did he go and what happened? My son went to the border area between Myanmar and Thailand, where he found employment. There he met a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, and the pastor explained the Adventist beliefs to him. Did he, uh, how did you find out about it? My son returned and told me everything. How did you feel about learning about those beliefs? He didn't know if it was true or not, so I prayed to God to show me the way, and if it were the right way, I would follow the truth. Now, there was one particular belief that troubled you. Which one was that? I was torn between Saturday and Sunday worship, so I asked my son, tell me where in the Bible does it state to keep the seventh-day Sabbath? Now, uh, had you ever heard of Adventist World Radio at this point? My son introduced me to the Adventist World Radio, and both of us used to listen together. We began to listen and seek the truth together. So you and your son listened together to the programs. What was your impression of the Adventist World Radio programming? At that time, me and my son and my two brothers-in-law used to listen to AWR every night. The old saying goes, all that glitters is not gold. Utani found that there was something more precious than gold, the Savior Jesus Christ.
The gold is incredible. It's stunning. I mean, every word you can think of, but it's going to be pavement in heaven. <laughs> For those who love and have a relationship with Jesus, the streets are going to be paved with this stuff. But there are so many earnest seekers that come here to offer flowers and plants and release doves and various birds and do all these things to try and appease their gods to try and find some kind of satisfaction but as we've heard so many times from those who have found jesus christ that's the only thing that really offers that true peace and i just can't wait to be in heaven because this, while this gold is wonderful i'm looking forward to those streets of gold now i gather it must have been a bit of a struggle for you because I understand you telling me that uh, at first you were trying to fit Sunday in as the Bible Sabbath. Is that true? And uh, so you, how did you, uh, how did you talk to your son and your other family members about this? Were you anxious to uh, solve this problem? Were you kind of against it? How did you, how did they react and how did you feel? They told me to take it slowly. Take it slowly, okay. So how did you finally come to the conclusion as to what day was the Sabbath and how you should observe it? We were curious about the message that was so different. When I came to know that Saturday was the Sabbath, I accepted it. Okay, and why did you accept it? Why did you accept that Saturday was the Sabbath? While we were listening to AWR, we decided to write to AWR. My son sent two letters, and my brother-in-law sent three letters to the studio. Two letters, and then three letters. Five letters altogether. Did you hear back from those five letters? Only three letters reached the studio. At that time, Pastor Laisu responded to his letters. Oh my, so only two out of the five reached the studio. Well, that's a miracle also, that the letters finally reached the studio, and what happened when they reached the studio? Because of this letter, Pastor Mimari and his group of 10 pastors visited this village and held evangelistic meetings at my house. Now, when you wrote the letter, I understand that in the letter you said, we have declared ourselves Seventh-day Adventists. Is that, is that what you wrote? It didn't seem like we had become Seventh-day Adventists because we hadn't been baptized, but we had accepted the Advent truth. So you wanted to be associated with the Seventh-day Adventist people. Now what happened? The meetings were being conducted and uh, did everything go smoothly? The Sunday Keeping Church called me and asked me where this group of people came from. Why have they come? And they questioned me a lot. And uh, what happened after that? 
That church accused me of trying to cause problems in the village and they stoned my house. Mm. They threw rocks at your house. My wife was not yet baptized, so she went to the church and told them, since I'm not baptized, you shouldn't stone the house, because I'm still in the church. I see. Did they do some damage to your house? No. It wasn't that serious. Then, uh, so the meetings continued in your house, is that right? Hello. Mm -hmm. Did the government officials accept uh, the meetings okay? No, they did nothing. So what did they try to do? It was the rainy season at that time, and the village authorities did not permit us to worship, and for one year we had no place to worship. AWR is frontline mission radio. Our first priority is to travel where missionaries cannot go. We broadcast thousands of hours each day in 70 major languages of the world. AWR has the capability and capacity of blanketing almost 80% of the world's population. Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, animists, or no belief at all. God is using the radio waves of AWR to successfully call and prepare a people for his soon return. But the work is not finished. Your help is needed. There are still so many who must hear this precious message of hope. Please partner with us today so others can hear and rejoice in the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that you and I have already found. Your gift of love will mean so much to so many. If you would like to financially partner with us or would like additional information, our toll-free number is 866-503-3531. One of the favorite things people like about AWR is its stories. We have stories from all over the world. Some of them involve danger. Many of them involve miracles of God, but certainly all of them involve the miracle of changed lives. I've written a little book of some of the favorite stories in the face of death, another radios given by angels, coming to Christ in a Muslim country, these and many other stories. It's simple. Just log on to www.awr.org storybook and you can download your free PDF version of stories from places where missionaries cannot go. Do it now so you and your family can immediately enjoy these incredible testimonies of changed lives from around the world. So don't wait. Log on now to www.awr.org storybook.
Now, who was uh, the results of the meetings? Were there people baptized? No, not at that time. Oh, uh, when when were you then baptized? In 2005, in September or October, I'm not exactly sure. Was that after these meetings had finished? Yes. So now you have a little church uh, there in your area? Yes. And are more people becoming interested in coming to the church? Yes, there is a lot of interest now. About how many do you have in your church group? About 30 people. Oh, about 30 people. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, praise the Lord for that. Are the people still listening to the Adventist World Radio broadcasts? Yes. And it helps to uh, strengthen their faith day by day. Yes, we have a lot of people in our village listening. But sometimes because of problems in the village, some are not openly witnessing. What is your greatest hope as you look to the future? I cannot explain my feelings in Burmese. Okay. I can say it in the Korean language, but not in Burmese. I see. Can you give us at least a little hint of how you feel? Because it is the truth, we have accepted the church. Well, we thank you for this opportunity to visit with you. It's such a pleasure. And we wish you God's special blessing as you continue your faithful life in your village. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you'd like to find out how you can reach many more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, give us a call. Number's at the bottom of your screen. It's 1-866-503-3531. Or you can write us at 12501 Old Columbia Pike, Silver Spring, Maryland. 20904 or log on to your computer www.awr.org thank you for watching and please join us again for another exciting gospel adventure because around the world awr is making waves <laughs>